Kia ora everybody. I hope you're all doing really well. Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of The Stag Raw. This episode we speak with Mike Massini. He's a biohacker specialist with a background, get this, in metabolic analytics, strength and conditioning, and holistic nutrition. Yeah, that's a bit of a mouthful. Uh, the metabolic analytics and strength and conditioning Mike learnt through the Poliquin group under Charles Poliquin. If you're a big fan of Dirk Woodski, you'll know how special working for that company is. Mike was after Dirk, but uh, he says that Charles Poliquin was constantly talking about the Canadian hammer thrower, so he's in a, a great pedigree there, Mike Massini. Of course, Charles Poliquin himself is quite the legend. He's been talked about by Tim Ferriss and is in Tools of Titans, so... Yeah, as I said, high pedigree there. And the holistic nutrition Mike's done with Dr. Sushin Patel. Uh, Mike, as you'll hear in the podcast, has a vast array of knowledge around what it is to be healthy. And we'll put those in inverted commas because it is so diverse. Often I say to my patients that a lot of the blood tests that they're getting are showing clinical disease. But actually, when it comes to optimal health and optimizing your health, a lot of our problems are subclinical. For example, if you'd asked me six months ago, was I healthy? I would have said yes. But I also, as I spoke about in my blog, knew that things weren't quite right. I'd had those surgeries. I'd had glandular fever. I had that major concussion last year. And I just knew that from a uh, hormone perspective, from an energy perspective, I was going a little bit off the boil and by having a fully holistic look at things, I found out that my thyroid was running low, I found out that I was under adrenal fatigue, I was having leaky gut, so a lot of the things that I was eating weren't being absorbed as well as any time I was having gluten and during that period of time, dairy, I was really inflaming myself and after feeling so good after my surgery where my hip recovered really well, I was starting to get that little ache in my hip joint again. And I guess it's a, it's a curse and a blessing because that lets me know when I'm starting to push things a little bit too much and when my inflammation is going up. So as I spoke about in my blog, I've done a number of things holistically with herbs and, and vitamins, which is one of the key things that marks into to optimize my health and improve these subclinical markers and that's what holistic nutrition is all about. On top of all that, Mike is a diversified entrepreneur and he speaks about a couple of the things he's dealing with. The Biohacker University is something that's going to absolutely take off. Um, Mike is has uh, pharmaceutical grade access to supplements so there's going to be exciting things in the pipeline with Biohacker University um, looking at nootropic coffee and of course ketone supplements so and that's how i met mike so it's without further ado this is a great podcast we go into again a little bit of hunting and and mike's passion and aspirations for hunting he's coming out here to new zealand and hopefully we get to meet up we'll look at doing a a podcast for him and hopefully we'll get to go on a hunt together now um i've told mike that like him i haven't actually got anything in the wild so our expectations are low, but it'd just be great to get out in the bush exploring and building one of those memories and experiences together. Let's go. Let's get into the podcast. I hope you enjoy this one as much as I did. It was lots of fun. This was the first time I met Mike, so it was wicked chat and uh, one of those people that just resonates well. Hope you enjoy. Kia ora, everybody. We're 
talking again to Canada, we're sitting here with Mike Massini. Mike, this is an absolute pleasure. We've just been having a quick chat off air, first time meeting each other. Um, we've met through common friends in the keto community. What did you get up to on the weekend, brother? Hey, thank you very much, first and foremost, for having me, and uh, it's a pleasure to be here. Uh, so this weekend, we were actually in Dallas. So I'm actually from British Columbia, Canada. I'm out in the West, and uh, we headed down to Dallas, Texas. We were actually at something called the Happiness Convention. So really interesting. Um, you know, a lot of people that know me, they see me doing, uh, you know, self-development and motivational things, uh, strength and conditioning coaches, health courses. But the number one thing that I learned is actually that when you're happy, you will become successful. So this is a, a big theme in my life. So we heard from people like Sean Acor. There was people like uh, Sandra Yancey, um, you know, super CEOs, a guy named Phi Chan, super CEOs that the only thing bigger than their bank account is their heart and their integrity. So this is something that really resonates with myself. And um, it's actually the reason that I'm attracting people to this collective, the same sort of mentality, it, you know, that saying vibe with your tribe, right? Your tribe will come around when you just speak your truth. So that's what's happening. And it, it, it goes with, um, you know, being an entrepreneur, being happy. It all comes together. All the people are coming together. So this weekend was, you know, mind blowing for us. We, we took so many nuggets away that we just, we can't wait to share it with other people. It's awesome. That's wicked, man. And I saw on your your page uh, on Facebook, uh, the Biohacking University or Biohacker U, um, yeah. as, as we'll call it for now, uh, yeah. that you were looking at some infrared um, exposure therapy. Have you, yes. given, have you given it a go? I was just listening to a Pete Evans podcast where he, where he was talking with, with the guys from, from Juve. And yes. Being an optometrist and hearing about infrared, like I've got some glasses that block out uv and, and and blue light what, what was it like man oh you know what that's you know we, we got to talk about you being an optometrist so my <laughs> my prescription is negative 12 and a half ouch <laughs> i'm legally blind in both eyes so i wear contacts that's one thing that um using this light therapy i'd like to help correct in the future i think that we're going to go down the path of stem cells i think I think they'll be able to do some macular generation with stem cells. I know they're doing some studies, but I'll wait a few years to make sure they've mastered it, of course, right? Yeah. But with so it's called PBM, right? Photobiomodulation. And that is the near and far wavelengths of the light. So I did the Novothor machine. So you lay down in what appears to be like a tanning bed, and it's super, super bright. I mean, the lights are just you feel like you're getting probed into an alien spaceship, right? It's so <laughs> bright. But I kept my eyes open. They told me, they said, if you have really bad eyes, keep your eyes open. So I kept them open. And I looked in and I actually started to have a really bad rash from candida. So I had all under my arms here behind my knees. I started to get, cause I'm cleansing. So everything's coming out. I swear within 48 hours of doing 12 minutes, it was completely gone. One session. So I had it, it was blistered and raised all here. Sorry, this is a little graphic for people who are watching. I'm just trying to explain to you. It's very <laughs> uncomfortable, right? It's very itchy. It's very sore because when candida comes out, it's a yeast overgrowth, right? So when it comes out of your body, it manifests, you know, near, uh, near where you usually detox, like your lymph nodes and things like that. So as it was coming out of me and I went in this uh, machine, I kind of laid with my arms up like this. I wanted to get the full the full gamut of the uh, rays, literally 48 hours. It, it was so 
raised before. It was down, not itchy at all, completely gone. One session, one 12-minute session. My hip, I have shearing in my right hip from fighting uh, mixed martial arts. I used to train and uh, fight mixed martial arts. So my hip was really bad. It always is. I'm telling you, I swear on my life, one 12-minute session, we're almost a week later. My hip doesn't hurt. It doesn't hurt. I don't, I don't know what to say. It's just, it's incredible. That's awesome, man. And that's one of the things I've been uh, covertly promoting through my Instagram channel on Stag Vision, um, getting up in the morning, uh, share it off. It's not an excuse to, to show off my body. It's to get that sunlight on your body. And, and I tell you what, you have a hell of a day after, after getting some rays on. And that's for a world where we're going to, going to especially in the winter, going to work in the dark, coming home in the dark, um, we're in front of blue lights all day with our computer screens, having a quick dose of, of infrared light to, to warm you up, I guess, and, and get your cells vibing. It just must be, must be a, a really great feeling. What was the energy like after, after sitting in, in warmth? So when you're in the warmth, what I noticed is that you feel almost like a, a wave, almost like you've been in the sun too long, you know, when you're on the beach and you get hit with that wave and you just kind of feel tired. So we felt a little lull for about an hour, two hours. And after that, I just felt like, whoa, I've got I've to train or do something. <laughs> I noticed my speaking was much more clear. Um, my vision was clear. Everything was very clear. And, you know, interesting that you're talking about the juve light and things like that. I mean, the, those Novathor machines, I'm not going to say they're expensive, but they're not cheap. They're, they're an industrial sort of commercial machine, right? So you can imagine that the price tag's not very, very low. But those juve, um, we're going to get one of those juve lights, the big ones, the mix, the 50-50 near and far. And uh, I'm actually going to set something up with hyperbarics and pulse electromagnetic field. I think by combining them, you're going to get a really good reaction there. So I'll keep you posted, but I think from through the Biohacker U uh, platform, we're going to come up with something really cool there. Um, and generally, I think we can make it, I think we can keep it under $10,000 as a unit for somebody. Sounds like a lot of money, but you know the benefits of them. And if somebody can, you know, pay that off, I think it'd be really cool. So it's all about combining these different therapies, right? Nice, bro. So we've, we've sort of got a wee inkling of, of who Mike is. How would you describe who Mike Massini is today, man? Well, yeah, well, today is definitely different than before, right? We're always in a state of growth. At least we should be. Um, I just tell people that I'm a biohacker. And, and what that means is, you know, I've done the strength and conditioning courses, courses sorry, with guys like Charles Poliquin and, you know, uh, trained with Dmitry Klokov and, you know, really learned a lot of that stuff and, you know, learned with the likes of people like Dr. Sachin Patel, who's a phenomenal oh, yeah. functional medicine doctor. Uh, he's from the Living Proof Institute. If anybody really wants an in-depth understanding of their health and, and at your level, Dr. Patel is one of the world's best. I had the pleasure of him being actually about 40 minutes of, uh, from me when I lived close to Toronto, Ontario, Canada. So uh, guys, look into him, Dr. Patel from the Living Proof Institute. But that's why I tell people that I'm a biohacker. I mean, there really isn't another word for it. I'm just in the pursuit of doing things further, faster, right? I want to learn how do I absorb nutrients better. Why is gut health important? Uh, biohacking is also not just about your health, but it's about your finances and the rest of your life as well. So I think if we're going to life hack, you have to have all of these things in order. So I'm a big fan of entrepreneurship. I'm a big fan of elevating others to entrepreneurship. 
And I think that when we learn one to like create residual income, uh, we learn to be happy first, happy, happiness first, success later. One of the things I took away from Sean Acor this weekend in Dallas, um, you really learn how to get, gain control of your life. And when you do that, you, anything and everything that you've thought of, your dreams become your goals and they become goals that you meet. So that's what I'm a real big fan of. I'm a biohacker. That's it. Awesome, bro. And you just said about making sure of your gut health. Now, I was telling you the how I've just cleared away some mold. I've sealed up my gut. It's no longer leaky. Um, I can eat dairy again without worrying about it harming me. Uh, my thyroid functions back up. My adrenals aren't just cooked from from all this stress in, in life, which I don't think I feel, but my body obviously is, is bearing it inside me. Well, was. Um, and so what's your experience? We, we had to sort of push this back half an hour or so because you're visiting your, your naturopath, which is not too common in New Zealand naturopaths. Can you, one, explain what naturopaths are and, and why they're so awesome? And, and two, this journey that you're about to go on, man. Absolutely, yeah. So I was just with a naturopath here and um, I'm going to be working with her. Um, she's absolutely fantastic. She's from uh, Lighthouse Chiropractic here in Kelowna, British Columbia. But I will be working extensively with Dr. Patel as well as I go back to Ontario for a few months. Um, he has an ambassador program, so I'm going to embark on that and learn from him as I gain control of my health. But uh, Dr. Haley Canister here, she's absolutely fantastic. So we did some tests. So we did a live and dry blood cell analysis. If you haven't had it done, it's really cool. It doesn't give you the exact problem, but it leads you on the bread trail, trum, uh, bread, <laughs> bread crumb trail of what is going on in your body. Now we'll get into some more extensive tests. I, I did my genetic testing. I think you can see it right here. Uh, it's by a company called Gene Blueprint. We will have those available on Biohacker U as well. So people will be able to, for a very, uh, fairly inexpensive cost, be able to test their genes. That'll get into like aerobic and anaerobic responders and you know more of the, the physical attributes and things like that. But what we're doing is we're trying to find what's going on with my gut health. As, as you were mentioning leaky gut, I do have leaky gut. So we're going to heal that up with a gut protocol. There's a lot of pathogens and a lot of things that shouldn't be there. Uh, might be a little bit of SIBO, like small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. Essentially what that means is the bacteria that's supposed to be in this part of the gut is in a different part of the gut. Guys, there's so much to your health that people don't even understand, but it sounds like a lot, but if you're working with a really good practitioner, like a naturopath, you're going to find those things out. So what a naturopath is, is essentially the way it should be. It's using plant herbs, tinctures, natural medicine to heal your body. And that's what functional medicine is as well, right? We're taking, uh, for example, if you have to heal your thyroid, what they do is they take extracts from animal thyroid and they actually give it to your body. That's traditional Chinese medicine, right? What you're deficient in, if your kidney yang or kidney yin is deficient, you're going to take kidneys from healthy animals and you're going to take that. It's much like, and I don't know if I can wrap my head around this, it's much like when women get the placenta and they get it put into the pill form. It's the exact same thing. There's so much nourishment in there, right? And I'm sure that you know, some people in the vegan world, they want to argue this. And I, I have nothing against people who are healthier eating a certain way. I'm just a big believer that animals, especially, you know, wild animals and eating very healthy, that's where we get a lot of our nutrients from. Uh, they're, they're fantastically healthy and it's the love of animals, which is why, you know, we get into things like hunting. It's not, you know, it's not the cruel thing, but, you know, seeking a good naturopath or a functional medicine doctor, the 
the borders are being, uh, you know, larger and larger where you can work with a naturopath in Canada if you're uh, in New Zealand or, or in the U.S., anywhere in the world because we have things like Skype, we have things like Zoom, and you can really work with them. So if you don't have somebody in your area, you know, maybe people want to comment or ask questions where they can find a good naturopath or functional medicine doctor in their area, we'd be happy to help them for sure. Awesome, and you spoke on... So many topics there. <laughs> uh, the, the, the capsulized placenta, I have an N equals one with my partner, Alex, and it is great. Um, you've just got to think about being pregnant. You've had eight months of a massive dose of progesterone, which is so good for your, your well-being and your mental health. And then just like that, within a day, it drops. Um, you've got these intermittent doses of oxytocin every time you hold your child, every time you breastfeed. But away from that, um, and I know observing Alex, she, she can feel a little low, but that, that placenta is, is amazing. Um, some people just go straight in and, and cook it up and eat it. But um, talking with the lady that capsulated it for us, she said, well, that's, that's a little bit of a waste of such a powerful um, little, little dose that you, can, that you can extend out over, over that sort of you know, vulnerable two, three, four week period. So that that's awesome. Um, taking things naturally that, you know, from animals, um, you spoke about a sharing hip. Two years ago, I had hip surgery uh, for, a, for a cam impingement. And around that time, I, I started taking deer velvet. Now, again, this is at N, N equals one, but did not need any of the painkillers. I, I was given tramadol. They're, they're in my hunting pack just in case. Um, and, the only reason I was taking the anti-inflammatory for the prescribed time was because that had, they had to drill a couple of holes in, in my hip socket, um, which was giving me the benefit of some some stem cells, which was which was great, and that, that was it. And and my recovery was was too you know way ahead of schedule. So again, in equals one, I would, I might just have been had done some good prehab, but I, I can tell you, joint pain with velvet is is amazing, um, and then. Nat naturopathic medicine, if you're looking for somebody in New Zealand, um, Steve Joes, who I saw in Hamilton, he's the man. Um, and also we've got BPONZ, they are awesome, Ben Warren. And he talks about that um, thyroid link. And, and if you've got leaky gut, you're letting uh, immune-activating oh, immune uh, proteins into your body, for example, gluten and dairy. They, off, they can cross that gut margin really easily. And your thyroid filters filters your brain, and so if you've got these inflammatory things circulating in your blood, your thyroid's going to stop, and it's going to do one of two things: it's going to highly activate it and pump out heaps of thyroid hormone, or it's going to basically attack itself and degenerate, and then you're going to have low thyroid. So that that's where that comes in, mate. Uh, tell us about your holistic nutrition background personally. You said Dr. Patel, you've done some work with him, and and, and you got to travel on carrying on learning about this what what what's what's going to be there man yeah so yeah i have a background in you know natural health and holistic health and i've learned from a lot of different people um it's actually hard to find courses so when i started this journey about 12 or 13 years ago it's very hard to find courses so what i did was i just got my hands on any information that i could get i was always reading research articles and you know there was actually this one it was actually a bodybuilding magazine believe it or not they actually it was called muscular development and I used to collect these every month for I think a period of 10 years and they had this summary of all of the different 
um, world's top university studies in areas of supplementation, natural health, training, you know, longevity, all of these things. So I would just read the summaries of all of the studies that were going on all over the world for the last 20 years. So I, I really, you know, got a good jump on that. And I'd worked in supplement stores and I would always be curious and say, okay, well, what is a fat burner? What does that mean? And then, you know, sure enough, I learned to realize that you don't really burn fat that way. It's actually controlling your cortisol, sleeping very well, controlling your stress, you know, a lot of different things, right? How well is your liver working? How well is your gut health? So that, those are the real fat burners, right? You, you become a fat burner. So, um, you know, I, I've just learned from a lot of really, really smart people. A lot of the times people say, wow, you know, you're, you're smart. And I say, well, I'm smart because I have a lot of smart people around me, a lot of smarter people, right? So I'm constantly learning. I guess you could say, you know, I, I want to be a professional student. I want to learn. But I didn't find comfort in secular school. I'll be honest with you. Um, I don't have a secular education at all. I actually uh, dropped out of high school with a grade nine education. So I, it just didn't work for me. I always say that school, if you're like someone like me, school in the secular world is like you're trying to get a fish to learn how to climb a tree. <laughs> right? Fish don't climb trees, right? So I'm going to be very ineffective at that. Now, if you have a squirrel, a squirrel can climb a tree very well. So those are the people who should go to school. And there's nothing wrong with that, right? You either are a fish or a squirrel or a bird, and, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. But I found like I was a fish. I was always trying to like, you know, find my way, find my path. And I found that that was actually through private education. So learning from guys like Charles Poliquin, learning from guys like Dr. Patel. So I embarked on, I always found nutrition a little bit more intriguing than training. Not that I don't like the training background, but I did lose interest in trying to get, you know, I trained some professional athletes and, and I helped a coach uh, named Steve Bodanis. I learned from him. He's one of Canada's top strength and conditioning coaches. He owns something called Athletics with an X Performance. You guys can look him up. He trains uh, professional sports teams in Hamilton, Ontario, and uh, he was actually called out to do the NFL and the U.S. Combine and stuff like that. Phenomenal strength coach. I've learned so much from Steve. He used to help me uh, train when I was young in MMA. He would get me in shape for MMA. And, you know, I just learned from all these guys, but I said, you know, I, I would like to have some credentials. So I have the metabolic analytics credentials, both in adrenal and gut health. Um, strength and conditioning, you know, neurotransmitter profiles, training under your neurotransmitter profiles, you know, advanced strength and conditioning with Charles Poliquin. But I just thought, hey, I'd, I'd really like to, to one day be a functional medicine doctor. I really would. But do I really want to go and sit in school to become a naturopath for seven years and then go and do a functional medicine? No, I don't. So I'm going to start doing the FDN course, Functional Diagnostic Nutrition, where I will then be able to read the labs, work with a functional medicine doctor, um, you know, I'll still allow them to be the expert, not myself. I always say, you know, again, I have some really smart people around me. So doing that through Biohacker U, being able to have inexpensive gene and, you know, lab tests, having that collective, now we're creating a profile based on you, doesn't matter where you are in the world, you can log on to Biohacker U, create a profile, we're going to know everything about you, work with top functional medicine doctors and coaches, and create an affordable, effective program around your lifestyle. So that's really where this is going, and I'm beyond excited to share that with the world. I mean, in the next 90 days, we're going to see some really cool things happening in that space. So I'll be excited to share it with you when I see you in person, which should happen in the next four to five weeks, which I can't wait. That'd be awesome, mate. Uh, so the metabolic training, what are, what are some tools to stay under that sort of, I don't know, overexertion or, or something? What, what are some tricks and tools that, that you yeah. implement? Yeah, so you know what? I always tell people, you know, Charles Paul has told me this. He goes, look, 
I'm going to say that when you're giving people effective advice, treat it like a fight. Okay. And I go, okay, I'm listening. Go on. He goes, if you're trying to dispatch someone, do you want to spend 10 years learning the flying, twisting, triple tornado dragon kick? Or do you just want to poke the guy in the eyes? <laughs> What's more effective? Anybody can do this, right? Poke him in the eyes. He said, he said it in a funny way, but it's true. What is the fastest, most effective way? So simple things like having an eighth tablespoon of pink or colored salt, gray or pink salt in the morning, uh, filtered, preferably structured water. We can get into a whole conversation about that. I'm really learning a lot about that. I love that. Um, the best kind of water at, at, at minimum, you know, reverse osmosis. It doesn't have to be alkaline. People have a big misconception about alkaline water as well. It can be base. That's fine. Um, the minerals will naturally alkalize it. We put an eighth teaspoon of those colored salts in and a half of a lime or half of a lemon in lukewarm water, and you can start your day that way. That's going to, you know, charge the adrenals. Salt's good for a thousand different functions that we know of. Super, super packed with trace minerals. That's a good way to start your day. First thing to really hydrate your body. Yeah, that's one. Nice, man. Um, and do you go into any of the sort of heart rate variability or? or I'm getting there. I'm super excited it? about this. Yeah. So that's going to be part of our training. So one of the interesting things that people will see over the next 120 days under Biohacker U is we're going to actually see my transformation. Mm -hmm. So I'm currently about 240 pounds, about 25% body fat and a whole host of, you know, gut health issues and, you know, toxicity, heavy metal, parasites. There's a lot of things going on. So as we go through this 120 days, you're going to see me using tools like heart rate variability, the juve light, infrared sauna, PEMF, uh, pulse electromagnetic field. We're going to have a total change using all of these uh, tools. So I'm excited to use the heart rate variability for sure. I hear uh, Ben Greenfield talking about that quite a bit. And uh, I'd like to really master that area. That would be cool. Speaking of biohackers, Ben Greenfield's an absolute freak. Yeah. <laughs> he, he, he lives it lives in the bush uh, as a sorter and a copal with him. Uh, goes a Goes and picks mushrooms. Oh, he's, he goes surfing. He's nuts. Uh, I love him, yeah. and, and he's he's one of the people that I'd love to have a chat with one day. But um, now, I you said MMA. What what was your sort of key discipline with MMA, or did did you did you have a special specialty in MMA? Yeah, so that's funny. Actually, I took the George Saint Pierre approach early. So when I started training, George Saint Pierre was the TKO champion in Canada. He wasn't even a UFC fighter yet. Um, I had looked at George St. Pierre's training and I said, this must be the future. You know, you see him training boxing with a boxing coach. You see him training Muay Thai with a Muay Thai coach. You see him training jiu-jitsu with a jiu-jitsu coach, wrestling with a wrestling coach. And I had a strength and conditioning coach. So I actually had a huge advantage over 95% of the competition. Now, that being said, I actually never got to the point where I fought MMA because of my eyes, I actually got a bungee cord in my eye when I was young, when I was five years old. It actually ripped right through my eye. You probably won't be able to see from here, but I actually have a hole uh, in my eye here. So I have almost, it, look, it appears to be two pupils in my right eye. So it takes in too much light, which causes me not to see properly. But when I was 20, um, I was going to have my first professional fight because in Canada at the time, there was no amateur fights. You could go across the border, and I had done some grappling tournaments in Buffalo, New York, and things like that. But, um, you know, I, I wasn't able to fight because the, the 
I don't know if it's the optometrist or the special, the eye specialist basically said, look, you're never going to get cleared to fight. Your eyes are are horrible. If you took one elbow, one knee, one good shot, you know, that retina is not stable. You will lose your eye. You'll You'll totally lose your vision. So they said under no circumstances will you ever, as we know, you know, this is going back 12 years ago, you're not going to be able to fight. So what, when I heard that, I actually didn't hear it. But when I looked over across the room and I saw my mother devastated that yeah. she knew my dreams were crushed, you know, at that point, I had dropped out of high school. I was working, but I was actually training two or three times a day, six days a week. That was my life, you know. I didn't really have a set discipline. I trained everything equally. And I noticed that that really paid off because I developed my own style. So that, that was, a, it was an interesting learning curve to box with the boxers and to, you know, trade kicks and knees and elbows with the Muay Thai guys. And I was training with world champions my first go. I had uh, Shane Campbell, who was an eight-time world champion in Muay Thai. Um, he fought in the UFC. We had Mark, uh, Mark Hominick when I was training out in London at Adrenaline MMA. I, tra- I trained there very briefly. Uh, Jeff Joslin, which was a Canadian uh, jiu-jitsu champion, and he was in the UFC. He actually far, uh, fought Josh – what is his name there? Josh, I don't know why I forget his name now. He's a Walter. I can't help you, unfortunately. I, I yeah. know George, George St. Pierre. <laughs> it's hard not to know him, but the, my, my uh, UFC knowledge is, is limited, unfortunately. Just, I just know that it's a, a freak of sport. And, and I love how Joe Rogan puts it. It's, um, what is it, something like high-discipline high problem-solving with dire consequences. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, it's a high, yeah, high, high discipline chess match with dire consequences. I think it's <laughs> pretty interesting, though. It is. I mean, your brain must operate at a hundredth of a thousandth of a second. I mean, and you've got it's almost like you're on autopilot. That's what I tell. They go, "How do you see that? You don't really see it. You just become. It's almost like you know when you're out in the bush, and there's that three hour period where you can't see anything." Like you're looking on the hill and you can't really see anything and you're looking over and then automatically your eyes adjust and your ears adjust and your smell adjusts and you're, you, can, you can taste differently. You almost taste the air. Everything changes. It's exactly like that. You don't tell your body to do that. You don't look for it. It just happens, right? Yeah. It's, it, it's kind of like, oh, there it is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No. Absolutely. Um, now, mate, something that we ask a lot of people out here is, is what is a key characteristic of you as a five-year-old and how does it show through today? Now, I asked Ryan Muncy this uh, in one of our previous episodes and he said that he thinks back to a picture of himself with a sling and a two-by-four over his, over his shoulder like a guitar, thinking that he's the boss, Bruce Springsteen. And, and he said, I like to live my life now envisioning myself as a rock star and try to follow that through what's what's something for you man that that follows through today you know what i've all i've always uh i've always said that integrity is a real big part of my life it's something that has always been ingrained there i guess that's the way that i was made right um and that's not saying that in a braggadocious way because being integral has put me in some real hard positions before i mean i've lost a lot of people who I thought were friends, I've lost, you know, even business opportunities. It sounds funny, right? You'd say, how does that happen being integral? Wouldn't you gain that? But the problem is when you're dealing with people who aren't integral, 
that for some reason makes them feel uncomfortable with themselves. So I was always the type of person that would call me out on my own BS, right? Now, I had gotten better at it and I had called myself out faster as I've learned and grown as a man. You know, not always would it be that, that next 10 minutes where I'd say, oh, wow, I was wrong there. You know, before it was like maybe a week. And then after a while, as I got better at self-correcting it, you know, it was a day. And now it's pretty quick. I mean, I, I can call myself out on BS pretty fast. I go, yeah, that's, I'm just being silly, right? But integrity is, a, is this, at the same time that it put me in tough positions. It's actually the reason I, I really owe integrity to the reason that we're experiencing this kind of success today. Because now all we're doing is people that, like we speak and we do Facebook Lives and we do that. And when I say we, by the way, I mean my fiance and I, uh, Cassandra. So when we talk and we just share our hearts with people, it attracts people like yourself that are you know, from the same collective. It attracts people that are in and around the space that want to do and want to be exposed to the things that we're talking about. So I don't talk to gain followers. I gain followers from talking about what I want to talk about. And there's nothing better than that in life. So integrity for me is it. Like I always envision, I'm a visionary. I, I think things, I see it. I, I know the details of it. I was talking about from the moment I carried a bow, first time that I drew a bow back, I thought I'm going to travel the world and hunt and hunt red stag in New Zealand happening in four to six weeks from now. Mind blowing. I mean, I only got into hunting a year and a half ago, archery and hunting a year and a half ago. And the fact that I'm going to hunt there, like you, you just learn to visualize something and manifest it and it becomes true. I learned this from Mel Robbins. Mel Robbins, the five second rule. Are you familiar with her? Yeah, but we decide within five seconds what we're going to do. And it's never, it's never led us in a, in a uh, negative path. We said, we're going to New Zealand. That was it. We started looking up flights. We didn't look up flights and then see if we could afford it. And we just decided we were doing it. And then it, it became the only option. So I tell people to live their life like that. Really set themselves up. You'll thank yourself for it. Mate, and that's, that's why we resonate. That's my uh, sort of five-year-old habit. I, I, was, I was a big dreamer. Even before five, I was in, in the backyard of my house winning the Rugby World Cup, winning, winning the Football World Cup. I was... I was David Beckham for a long time, and, and uh, um, it's just about yeah that ability to dream to to think about what is it that if I could do anything, what is it that would make me happy? And, and my current dream is is to own this deer farm, but it's not just a deer farm; it's it's, it's a complete picture. Um, it, we have a restaurant, we have gardens, we have all these other animals that it's just self sufficient. And you know, like you say, it's it's a dream that you that you picture, and every day you're doing things to go. Oh, that's closer. That's closer. That's closer. That's awesome. Well, I'll tell you what, that actually really resonates with myself being a foodie and uh, that plays into the hunting show that we were talking about. So I'll tell you what, let's get to know each other a little bit more. <laughs> let's, uh, let's, let's talk about this plan because you'll, have, you'll definitely have somebody who has vested interests or wants vested interests in that. I, I'm all for that. I absolutely love that idea. Awesome, right? Now, we've, we've brief, briefly teased hunting there and, and um, i Yesterday, I was, I was interviewing the guys from Modern Huntsman in the States, and um, that, will, that, that episode will have aired by the time I, I put this one up. But what got you into hunting? Because it gets a lot of kickback, and, and that's what the dudes at Modern Huntsman are trying to do. They're trying to change the perspective of hunting. How would you like to uh, give your two cents to, the, to what is really something that's not about killing? It's about growing yourself. It's about creating 
an environment which tests you, which pushes you, which often gives you failure, but an amazing experience. How would, how would you describe it to people out there? Yeah. So how I got into it was actually, you know, over the years, my brother had said that he wanted to own a farm and, you know, we had talked about who would do the, you know, the harvesting, the, the slaughtering of the animals. And my brother said, I don't know if I could do it. And I thought, I don't know if I could either, but I mean, I guess I'll have to do it. I guess I'll have to learn. And this is before I understood, you know, where, where money for our, all of our clothing, 11% of that goes to. This is before I understood that hunting is conservation. And, you know, I just started listening to podcasts like Joe Rogan and, you know, I'd gotten into archery and I said, hey, could I really aim and take aim at an animal? Could I really possess the skills? And as I started to learn and listen to Joe, I thought there is probably very few things are as difficult as being a skilled archer, a skilled hunter. I mean, you put those two together because hunting, especially with a bow, I can't imagine too many things more difficult than that. But by listening to Joe Rogan and guys like Cameron Haynes and Adam Greentree and all these guys, guys that I know undoubtedly that we will cross paths with and we will do hunts with, I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely certain. It's almost like Conor McGregor. I'm speaking it into existence. <laughs> I know this will happen. I mean, there'll be times, I can tell you right now, where you, myself, uh, Biohacker, you, Under Armour, featuring Joe Rogan, Cameron Haynes, or so, I, I know it. I'm telling you. And they're gonna, we're going to send this clip to them after we do the hunt and they'll go, I'm telling you, it's going to happen. And you know, these guys really inspired me to look into this. And I think that people think hunting is sitting in a tree stand, drinking beer, and then a deer or, you know, an elk or a, a stag comes along and you aim your shotgun or whatever, and you just shoot. Well, that may be true for some people, but not the hunters that I know, not the hunters that I follow. Hunting is the pursuit of something incredibly difficult. And it's, the, it's actually hunting, how I see it is, you're actually hunting your inner best self. You're hunting down your, your future self, right? It's so, so difficult. People don't realize if you're going to eat meat, and I do think that if you are one of those people where I believe it's a large majority of people who should be eating animal uh, animal products, animal meat, animal organs, animal, you know, bone marrow. These are things that are significantly healthy for us. Um, and, and there's the outliers. Don't get me wrong. There's the people who should be vegan. That's, that's just true to their genetics. I, I, I do believe that, but I don't believe it's as many people as they think. And, you know, a lot of people, they're vegan for animal cruelty reasons. That's okay. I'm never going to tell you how to live your life and how to think, but I love animals. So, so far, I haven't even been successful as a hunter. I've only been out for one season. Uh, interesting story. I actually took aim at uh, a buck. wasn't wasn't very old. I think he was three three or four um, three or four years. Again, I'm I'm still learning. So I actually had an interesting experience where I didn't understand how fast the animal drops that that drop and. Um, Interestingly enough, I, I was unsuccessful for the day and I was coming out of a field, an alfalfa field, and I had noticed that there was uh, two does and, and a couple of fawns and they were running around and being playful. So I didn't want to disturb them, right? So I just waited and I waited on the tree line and they got about 125 yards, you know, I was range finding them. And I noticed that was far enough away where I could start walking slowly into the field and start heading back to the property I was hunting on. Well, sure enough, I head out and a buck comes right over the hill and I saw his antlers and I went, oh, geez, it wasn't dark enough yet. I still had, it was still shooting light. I had enough time. 
So I went down on one knee and I knocked an arrow and, and, I, and I sat down and I range found him and he was 75 yards. I said, okay, that's too far. I'll wait for him to come in under 50. Well, sure enough, it took a half an hour and I'm just sitting there on my knees and, and I'm looking right at him. He's looking at me. He doesn't really know that I'm there as I'm on the low point of the hill and he's at the high point, the sun's behind him. And he knew that something was there, but he wouldn't move. And he literally stood in the same position for 30 minutes. Now, as you know, 30 minutes when you're on your hands and knees, not moving a muscle feels like a half of a day, right? It feels like six hours. So I'm sitting there going, oh, geez, will you just come in to under 50 yards? Sure enough, after literally 30 minutes, I'm looking at my watch. I keep range finding him. He comes into 50 yards. He literally stood there for an additional 10 minutes, and he's standing face on. Well, I have my arrow, and I have my release on. He turns broadside for maybe five seconds. I draw my arrow back. I set it on. I shoot. Again, it's uphill. So these are new things that a new hunter doesn't know, right? The, the trajectory of the arrow aiming up. I shot, and he turned back towards me. I didn't see where the arrow hit, but I knew there was a hit. He ran off and was jumping because deer in North America, at least here, um, muley deer, they will hop. But I was hunting whitetails, so they don't really hop like that. But this deer was hopping. So I knew something was off. I knew I got a good hit. So sure enough, the sun starts going down. I gave him time. I went over. I looked with my flashlight, and I saw a good amount of blood. I said, okay, I, I, I'm confident that I hit him in a good spot. So I followed the blood trail. I, four hours, by the way. Four hours I followed this blood trail. Again, this is the first time I've ever sent an arrow downrange and, 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 you know, at an animal. So I didn't know what to think, and I'm calling all my hunting buddies. I'm going, what, what happened? I, I mean, I watch all these hunting shows, and the deer goes down you know, within 100 yards, what could have went wrong? Sure enough, I follow, it's getting, it's real dark now. I have my flashlight, my headlamp. I follow this blood trail all the way down, down a valley, up a, up a hill, in through super thick thorns. I'm cutting my way through. I'm going, what the heck is going on? I find the arrow, complete pass through. So I must have came out the other side and got lodged. And then he went down a tree and it caught the tree and pulled it out. I had had it, it was about midnight at this point, and I said, I gotta do this in the morning. So I GPS my position, my starting point. I went back, I actually dragged my fiance out at 6 a.m. <laughs> she was not happy about that. We went out, I looked for another five hours following this blood trail. I couldn't believe it. I lost the blood trail, and I was devastated. Mm. I, I, I felt horrible that I was unsuccessful. I felt horrible that I had shot and I had wounded this animal, and I, I didn't know what had happened. I Honestly, I was beside myself. I didn't even want to talk about it. It's something that still bothers me today, right? It's, it's not the unsuccess. It's that you want to harvest an animal very quickly. You want to give it the best possible death and the fastest, cleanest death. And I was beside myself. Well, sure enough, my friends had a trail cam, and this deer had walked up, and you, I had seen that because he was broadside and turned, I had shot him in the shoulder and the arrow went up and out. So I, I couldn't make sense of it. He was totally fine two weeks later. You know, he was healthy and I'm sure he'll live to become, you know, a bigger, you know, bigger, better animal in the future. But that was something that it was my first experience. My heart was pounding. I, you know, it was such an exhilarating thing, but I've learned a lot from that. 
I've learned I should have made him come in a little bit closer. And if I didn't have a perfect shot, I shouldn't have taken it. So that's something that in all humility, I'm very open and honest about. I've learned a lot from that experience and I can't wait to be successful in the next four to six weeks when we come to New Zealand. Wow. No, that's, and, and that's the thing that you, you see in hunting is, is the success stories, but actually when you have conversations with hunters, it's, it's about the humility of, of the failures often. And, and especially that learning curve. I know my mate and I, Daniel, we go down to, well, he lives in Queenstown and, and we go over to Wanaka and Hawea to go hunting. And we had a, a, um, a rock face that had a number of tar on it. And we you know, this was our first real, real hunt just together. And we made a very similar rookie era. We, we were shooting up and, and we decided to aim high. Now that was good for the tar because we didn't injure them at all. But it's just those little things that you think, Oh God, what, what happened there? And you go back and you, 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 I don't know, probably up in the first magazine that you've got, and it has shooting up and downhill. Oh, there we go. That's what we did wrong. The other really incredible thing about deer, and I touched on velvet there, how it's amazing for rehealing, but deer themselves just have this incredible ability to seal off wounds. And um, as I said, I'm, I'm keen on deer farming and speaking with plenty of the guys, they, you know, they get animals that get injured and they think, oh, bugger, this, this thing's gone. And, and especially at the moment in the deer industry, animals are so valuable and they, it breaks their heart. But sure enough, these, these animals come back so amazingly and, and you often see deer, the way they heal, they, they'll, they'll calcify things up, they'll seal things off. They're, they're incredible animals. Um, now you, you, you touched, oh, you had something there, Mike? Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, I mean, I think people, uh, so real quick, they don't understand that, you know, an arrow passing through, you know, a double lung heart, that's the best death that an animal is ever going to get. So it has nothing to do, this is why we practice. This is why we send arrows down range. This is why we spend so much time obsessing over hitting something this, this big. It's to give the animal the best death. It's out of respect that we train and we're disciplined in our pursuit of something that we know is great. But that is the best death they're ever going to get because if you look in the wild, maybe not in New Zealand because there's no, there's really no predators, right? But in North America, you know, you hear guys like John Dudley and Joe Rogan and, you know, Adam Greentree talking about this. Wolves don't kill deer and elk quickly and elk kill other elk you know they're found dead with massive punctures in them if you've ever seen the antlers of these animals they they kill each other just to mate it's that is a reality of life that's a reality of life is that life in the life cycle there is death death is apparent in the life cycle so it is it's not about death it's actually about life and that's why we hunt. It's about sustaining and the cycle of life. So I just wanted to share that with, with people because hunting is one of the most uh, misconstrued pursuits out there. And, you know, people like us are going to uh, shed good light on it. Yeah, mate. And it's, and it's not even just the um, bucks or bulls or, or uh, stags that do the, do the injuring and the puncturing. I know we got a hind um, last year. She had a little bit of liver fluke and the, the deer know, and, and she'd be, she was in a group of hinds and, and fawns, and even those, those ladies had been beating her up. She had big scrapes all down, down her side, and you know, the, the, nature's fierce. <laughs> it's, it, it's crazy. And, mate, you, yeah. you, said, you said you're going to get the likes of Adam Greentree and Cam Haynes and Joe Rogan on, on your um, 
on your show and hopefully I can feature on there too. Although I'm in the same boat as you as, as I'm a pretty amateur hunter, but what, what's the vision for this, this hunting show? Yeah. So, you know what, I, I see a lot of these hunting shows and like you spoke about these guys start the hunting show in the dark, heading to their spot. They get out in the hunt and on the hunt, you know, it shows them, you know, glassing that sort of thing. And then towards the last five minutes of the show, it shows them taking aim, shooting, and then it ends with them cutting up the animal and, har and harvesting the animal. And I think, okay, that's great, but what have we not seen? We have not seen preparing for the hunt. So as a strength coach, this is going to be a big part of it. We're going to actually, and, and, and again, biohacker you, this is teaching people. So we want to teach people what we're doing, you know, okay, so if I draw left, I'm a left-hand shooter, so I draw left, is that going to create an imbalance in my scapula because I only do this motion left? Yes, it is, which is why I do this cable exercise, almost like a high rope pull for my right side. Um, is this going to create an imbalance in my lumbar spine? Yes, it is, because I'm constantly rotating backwards. So what can we do to create balance and create synergy in the body? And what exercises should a hunter that is a walk and stock hunter, what exercises should we be doing anyway, right? So that's gonna be the first part of the show. The second part of the show, and I would imagine that it'll be a full 60 minutes long. People say, ah, oh, that's too soon. But here's the thing. If you are interested more in the training, you can watch the first part. If you're interested more in the hunting, you watch the second part. And that's the, the second part is the hunt, and the harvest, and, and, and the laughs, and, and the memories that we're going to create, you know? And I'm talking about the hunt that we're gonna go on, talking about this coming up soon, you know, having a fire out in the bush, talking and getting to know one another, becoming lifelong friends, that part of it, you're, you're literally capturing a part in history and showing the unsuccess where the arrow just sails underneath the animal or where they spook and turn off and all of these things, right? And then when you do, when you are successful, the last part, let's show people some really interesting healthy ways on how to cook and prepare. So let's say 20 minutes of preparing for the hunt, you know, 20 minutes of the actual hunt in the last 20 minutes preparing the food, pairing it with wonderful wines that you guys have there. What foods, you know, in a low carb, high fat setting, how do we healthily prepare these meals? A lot of people have trouble. They say, I don't know if I really like venison. It, it tastes funny. Well, it only tastes funny if it's funny. If you prepare it properly, it's some of the best meat in the world. I don't, it does not compare to beef at all. The best steak you've ever had does not compare to the back straps, you know, of a, of a in really good shape buck. So, yeah, I think that's what people need to see. I think that that'll, and, and, and along the way we're teaching, right? We're explaining, well, this is the nutrient. So, hey guys, you know when you harvest an animal and we leave the bones? Here's how we can, here's what tools we use to take the femurs and cut them up into cubes and take um, you know, and get the bone marrow and how good it is for you. So things like that, we hardly ever see hunters taking the bones out, right? And I understand why, I truly do. But what, what is the best part? What is the best parts of the animals that we can take out and how do we use them and how do we prepare them? I think that'll be a really interesting thing for people to see. Yeah, mate. And um, one, of, one of my things I'd love to do is create a, a good venison bone broth out there. I, I, I always make chicken bone broth with, with my roast chips. And, um, yeah, I, I've, I've also contacted Duncan Vedison, who, if you're looking for some great venison recipes, they, they have um, the Savina Chef Graham Brown on, on their channel making amazing curries and, and salads. Wow. Just, just the best. And, yeah, um, 
that that keen to give me the bones if I can figure out a way to process them. Uh, we, we, I'll tell we, you what. I'm sure you and I can come up with probably a hundred different avenues that we can help people. I'm big on the bone broth. Uh, phenomenal for gut health. Phenomenal for your testosterone, your growth. It's just it's phenomenal in every aspect for healing. Let's do that. I, I'll tell you what. I'm always I'm always in the attitude of let's find a way. That's a project I would love to work with you on. Let Let's get into all that stuff. I I love it. It's fantastic. Awesome, mate. Now, um, this is going to be a hard question for you because you do do so many things that people might find strange. But what's one something? What's something that you consistently do that people look at you and just go, "Ha! What is what is that? And why do you do it?" That's an interesting. That is, yeah, that's an interesting question. I mean, one thing that people wonder why I do it. I mean, one's definitely hunting, yeah. right? I don't know if I want to touch base on that since we spoke about that a little bit. Um, I, I like to help people understand how to create residual income. Mm-hmm. That's why people say, I don't understand. I have a good job. I go, okay. I've heard, and I believe it to be true. A good job is a sure way to never make a great income. Mm-hmm. People say, what do you mean by that? When you create residual income and it can grow, you are taking the time equation out of this. I truly believe, you know, people say time is money. But I think when I was younger, I heard it like, hurry up, my time is worth $100 an hour. I didn't truly understand the meaning of it. No, time is money. Time means it's the currency of life. If you don't have time, you have nothing, right? We're third dimensional beings. This entire universe that we live in is third dimensional. You have time, space, and matter. We're here as a continuum. So. For me, time is the most valuable thing that I, can, that I can have. Here's the thing. If we can learn to create residual income, which at the end of the day, we don't really want a job. We just want to create income. So I don't need a job to create income. I just need a means to create income. And we have learned and we have really, really mastered ways to create very healthy income so we have all of our time back to go and do hunting with people like yourself and do things that make us truly happy. If you spend all of your time doing things that make you happy, your impact on the world will be so, so profound. And that's what we're really uh, happy doing. I really love to elevate people to entrepreneurship. Not ownership, not being a boss, because being a boss is a glorified job, right? Although certain you know, things that we're going to own, like I will be the owner of Biohacker U, yes, but in an entrepreneurial setting. It's not going to require 12 hours of my day. Um, so it'll allow, you know, people like yourself and myself to get out there in the bush and, you know, create lifelong experiences and travel and things like that. So that's one thing people don't understand. Like, I don't understand. Like, why do you, why do you obsess so much about helping other people become an entrepreneur? Because I don't believe that there's a real other option where we can be super happy. I think if we want to be super happy, it's creating that time wealth. So that's what I'm really passionate about. Nice, bro. Um, you got a under armor top on there and... I, you know, you just you just said about saying things so it gets out there. What 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 about that brand resonates with you, and why do why do you think that now you're a good fit? You will be a good fit, and and why Mike Massini Under Armour is is going to be awesome. Absolutely. So I see guys that are sponsored by Under Armour, guys like Cameron Haynes, um, you know Adam Greentree, people who are really um, integral, great people for the hunting community. I believe that. You know, and I was told this by a lot of people, and I do believe it because I'm constantly working on myself and helping others. But, uh, you know, I want to be a part of the integral change of 
the view of hunters and what hunters stand for. And, you know, as I work on my health and as I help other people work on their health, um, one of my goals is to be sponsored by Under Armour, sponsored by, you know, a bow company. And I don't mean so that I can get free stuff. What I mean is to be an ambassador of their brand. Um, one of the things I love is the Ridge Reaper. You know, I love that, you know, go where you don't belong. And that, that's the story of my life. Go where you don't belong. I never fit in with people. I never have. But it's funny. I didn't have to fit in. I had to stand out. And now people are joining my tribe and I'm joining other people's tribes. And it just, it works so well by being who I want to be. So go where you don't belong by Under Armour is something that I live by. And I do like, you know, never seen, always lethal. That's pretty cool, right? The Ridge Reaper uh, uh, saying there. But Under Armour is a brand. I really, you know, look, I'm a stylish guy. I really like the camo. I think that's some of the coolest camo out there. You know, I love the, I love the other brands and stuff like that, but not as much as I love Under Armour. Um, I'm an athlete. Um, you know, I, I Olympic lift. I get into, you know, some physical attributes when it comes to strength and conditioning. I just feel like I'd be a really good fit for the Under Armour brand, especially as I get, you know, all dieseled up and in good shape in the next six months. So it'll be pretty cool. Yeah, that's, that's awesome, man. I've, hopefully we can, I don't know, track down the right people when they can see this and, and give, you, give you a phone call or an email. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, mate, um, speaking of, where do people find you? Where do people contact you? Um, Check us your handles. It'd be awesome. And we'll have all of this in the show notes. Yeah. So you can find me at, I like people to get to know me personally. You can add me on Facebook, Mike Massini, M-A-S-I-N-I. You'll see a nice picture of my fiance and myself there. Um, You guys can also head to, there's, there's a closed group and an open group. The Facebook page is Biohacker University. You can do the uh, Facebook page, click like, we appreciate your support and then click visit group. That'll take you right to our closed group. That's where we give free eBooks. We just did an amazing ultimate guide to detoxing guys, which actually includes things like bone marrow and that sort of thing. Um, we actually have some interesting stuff to share with you guys too, like nootropic infused coffee, you know, uh, like some certain ketogenic products, MCT oils, some instant stuff. It's really, really cool. Makes it easier for you guys when you're at work or where you're out or we're in the field that we can take with us. So we're, we're constantly giving good content and on Instagram as Biohacker University as well. So I always follow back. I love supporting other people. So that'd be fantastic uh, to see, you know, who's interested in hearing what we have to say. It's awesome. No, that's cool, man. And as I said, we'll, we'll have that in the notes as well as uh, Session Patel. Um, what's, what's the book you've got there? We'll, we'll put that in there as well. Um, yeah, The Big big Potential by Sean Acor. Guys, I highly recommend that. You've got to read that. Um, it's one of the books of the month on Biohacker U. So we're all reading it this month there. And uh, we're going to have our takeaways from the book at the end of the month. So you guys can join in there. That'd be fantastic. Wicked, mate. So what's a final message that you'd like to leave people with? It could be something that somebody's told you. Um, it could be a quote you live by, or it could be just something that you feel you've learned that, that you find not enough people know about. Absolutely. So I tell people this all the time that this is your life ultimately it is up to you. Um, you know, I, I tell people to get out of their own way. That was in my way the majority of my life and guys leave the ego out of it. Ask really good questions. Um, knowledge not applied is useless. That's what I learned from Charles Poliquin. Guys, we can read all the inspirational quotes we want, but have you ever heard that quote? Just do it and do it and do it. Guys, just do what you want to do. And don't go and get a job. I mean, jobs, in my opinion, are stepping stones, right? They're stepping stones, but 
the, the one thing that people don't understand is that you go from each stepping stone and each stepping stone and we think that we're on this path to growth. But what ends up happening is you just look back on your life and all you see is this trail of stones. At some point, it's time to take those lessons that are stones and start building a foundation. It's time to start finding a home. So I, all my stepping stones are behind me and now we're starting to build a foundation. We're going to build a fortress, which ultimately is going to turn into an empire that's going to change people's lives forever. So guys, step into your greatness. Find it within yourself. Who are the five people that are around you? And if they're not lifting you up, if they're not serving your life, if they're not making you and challenging you to be a better person, sadly to say, you need to find a new group of five. So that's my message to everybody listening in. Thanks so much, man. And uh, that resonates with many messages that we've had before, especially the, the five people that are around you. And uh, it's very easy to find people that inspiration. We've mentioned quite a few here today. Um, and Mike, we can probably add you to the list because you're, you're a powerful individual. Thank you so much for coming aboard. And it's awesome to touch base with another Canadian. You, you guys seem to be crazy in a good way, and, and, and I like it. And, and I think we've uh, got a little bit in common over here in New Zealand. Absolutely. Thank you so much. I'm very blessed to have this opportunity and I can't wait to hunt and have some labs on the hill together. It's coming soon. So look forward to it. Cheers, mate. Okay. Thank you. Again, how good was that? We're so lucky on the Sagaraw to have such amazing guests. I love what Mike left us with there. Get out of your own way. And that's even for doing this podcast. You can look at it. You can look for the best platform. You could go and invest in microphones or like me you can get your iphone headphones your your laptop and just go record it and look at what we've managed to do look at who we've managed to bring you and i'm so glad about that and of course who are the five people that you're surrounding with we have we heard that before um i think guy lawrence talked about it we also heard it from tim doyle and the amount of times that that sort of mantra has come up it uh it must be something to it of course, the episode was brought to you by Waikito, W-A-I-K-E-T-O. You'll find all the podcasts there. You'll find work from Keegan Smith. Um, his new podcast is just out. A uh, massive shout out to him. He's the most listened to podcast from the Stag Raw. He's being closely followed by uh, Sean Baker, I might, might add. But currently, Keegan Smith is the reigning champion. Um, we have all the work there from Cliff Harvey, Professor Grant Schofield, Dr. Karen Zinn, uh, people like Tim Ferriss, like Joe Rogan, you know, we, we love sharing this, if you will, biohacker or optimization community with you with a specific focus on low-carb, healthy fat, getting that insulin at a nice level. And of course, that's where taking exogenous ketones can come in. They can help modulate your insulin sensitivity. Dr. Dr. Die, Dom Diagostino, who you'll see on there, and I think I even put this study up there, showed that exogenous ketones help to improve someone's insulin sensitivity test. So there's massive effects for exogenous ketones. Of course, if you want to see a little bit more on them specifically, go to waikete0.experienceketo.com, watch the little video. It'll go into what ketosis is and what the ketone supplement's doing for you. Um, you can punch in your details there to get access to those ketones as well. Um, of course, you'll find all of Mike's links in the show notes. As I said, add him on Facebook, message him, slide into his DMs on Instagram, and connect with what is a great man. And I'm looking forward 
to meeting Mike when he comes out here um, in the coming weeks and hopefully we can get out into the bush together and see what we can achieve. Um, thank you so much for listening to the Stag Roar. We appreciate your listenership. If you've given us a review, thank you so much. It means the world to us. It's how we get this out to more people. And if you haven't and then you are enjoying the, the Stag Roar, please do just give us some stars on, on iTunes. It'll help all the, all the more in the long run. Thanks so much. Hope you have a great week. Hope you've enjoyed this podcast. Cheers.